Let's pray and then we'll get started. Father, we do give you tonight, we thank you for the opportunity again just to learn more about you, Lord. And I, I believe tonight we can learn about some of our responsibilities as believers. And, and Lord, some of the things you call us to are not all called to, you know, quote, a, some kind of pastoral type ministry, different callings. And I pray tonight, God, you would speak to hearts. And Lord, draw people closer to you. So bless this time. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I met our guest uh, a little over a year ago. And uh, he had asked me if I would do an interview about the pandemic and how it's affecting the church. And we had spoken before that, but we kind of got to know each other. And I've interacted with him some over the last year, and he's someone who impresses me. So tonight's gonna be a little bit different as we talk about things. And he's involved in politics, but this isn't about politics. I want this interview to be about our ability and our opportunity to serve in our government because I think it's a, something that we kind of miss, you know, in our world today. So that's what we're going to look at. And, you know, it's kind of difficult. I know it's difficult because some of you are saying, but you're bringing up a politician. And maybe, I'm not sure how, I'm not sure, I'm not sure he's really a politician. But here's what I know. He has a relationship with Jesus Christ, and he wants to serve the Lord in this area, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited, I'm, I'm glad I've got to meet him. So Brandon Martin, if you will come up and welcome him. I don't know how to work this thing. They usually turn it on for me, there we go. I got it, so go ahead. Is it on? I don't think so, Can it, oh there, there it goes. So there you are, okay, so. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of an interview, and I want to start it in a way. Uh, my family, my dad, I don't know how many of you know, my dad was heavily involved in, we'll, we'll, instead of using the word politics, we'll talk about government, in local city government, heavily involved. When I was in high school, he was mayor, he was a councilman, and then a mayor, and then later on, as I did the church in Bisbee, he was mayor, and I have to tell you something, I hated it. I hated being involved. I hated being labeled with him. I didn't like it. So for me to kind of bond with this guy has been a little weird for me, a little, a little strange. But uh, here's the thing. I, I think we have an obligation as believers to be involved in our government. And some people don't. And so we're going we're gonna to try and develop that as we talk tonight. And what does that look like? And how can we be involved in different ways we can be involved? And I look at Brandon uh, as, I've, as I've had conversations with him, you know, as a missionary in a pretty ugly mission field. And I'm going to wrap it up with that. So, but I want to start with Brandon. Tell us a little bit about your coming to Calvary Sierra Vista. What did that look like for you? How did that feel for you? Pastor Pat, thank you for allowing me to be here tonight to share my testimony and what I've, what I've experienced and I started coming to Calvary in 2017, and uh, it was a little bit sporadic here and there. Uh, but then I became more of a continuous member and have enjoyed being here pretty solid since 2018. And then when I got into politics, uh, you know, I reached out to you for the pandemic uh, issue, and we did an interview and we put things out there because I noticed that a lot of people's attitudes were getting very ugly. 
and it didn't matter what side of the political aisle they were on, a lot of people just went to negativity immediately. And uh, a lot of people, I just felt, were lost and needed guidance, needed to come back to God. And so I said, well, who better to reach out to than my pastor to put a message out there that, you know, Jesus can calm these hearts, calm these minds and fears. And that's what I did. And thank you very much for that. All right, good. So, so we, we met then, kind of started a relationship, and I've kind of followed you, you know, just as a person, as a friend. I, would, uh, I consider you a friend. Maybe you don't want to claim me, but I consider you a friend. I, I a claim Pastor Robin, Pastor it's, Jack. It's, it's <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so having said that, uh, here's the thing. Most people, when, when, you know, as I announced this week, I was going to talk to somebody that's a little bit different, but still a missionary, and as a missionary, usually our objective as a missionary is to go and make disciples. And that's what we're called to do. I'm not sure. I, I know that can fit in, but your calling's a little bit different. And kind of explain some of that to us. Like, you're, you know, and I'm going to ask you the big question in a minute, so don't go there yet, why you got involved. But your calling, how do you view what God has called you to do and, and the direction you need to go? Well, like yourself and probably many others in this room, I served in the military and was an army interrogator and worked on Fort Huachuca for years. And um, when I got into this, you know, I, I have a deep love for my country. I joined because of the events on September 11th, 2001. Um, that made me, that, you know, encouraged me to get out there and serve my country. And I see with the direction that our country is headed in. And I believe that we all have a duty to protect this country that God gave us. I believe the men and the documents that founded this country were divinely inspired and guided. I believe that without God's protection that we would not be able to be here, be Christians in this free nation and go out and spread the gospel and mission in other places. So uh, for me, it was, it was a duty to protect my country and I have met great patriots and Christians along the way, some of them here with me tonight. But uh, every time I go out and I meet new people, I meet good, genuine people that love this country and that are Christians and that maybe aren't as involved as they could be. Okay, so now my big question, the thing that blessed me, what was the one thing that really pushed you to get involved in the government? The one thing is the guiding document for all of our politicians, whichever side of the political aisle, is the United States Constitution. And I have felt for so long that our politicians have strayed so far from their oaths of office and the guiding documents of this nation that we needed representation in Washington again that was, that was going to take an oath seriously, that was going to go represent us and run this country and keep it free and safe. And I couldn't sit on the bench any longer and so many things lined up and happened so that way I could go out and, and do this and campaign. And it started with working on Fort Huachuca. Uh, I was a Department of the Army civilian and because of the Hatch Act, I had to resign my position on post just to run for office. So uh, I was, I prayed on it heavily and God led me here and I'm excited to see what the next chapter is. Okay, so we, we kind of haven't announced. He, uh, Brandon is running for United States Congress in our district, so I haven't announced that part. but. And, you know, again, I don't want to get real political, but the other, the other day we had a conversation, and you said that one defining moment 
when you realized something needed to be, take, be taken care of? Remember that conversation? At the German cafe? Yeah. I do. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, my, my most important issue is the pro-life issue. I believe that um, we, we need to be... We need to be a country that protects life, liberty, and property. And I view those babies as life, and they need protection. So my number one issue is to fight in that way for those unborn uh, that are being murdered. So um, that's, that's one thing. And if you want to go any deeper, please. Well, I like the way you framed it. You framed it about, uh, was it the Bill of Rights that gives us uh, due process? You did talk about the whole thing. That was great, the way I, you I did it. talk about it. So the... Right to life is an issue that both sides will spin whichever way they want, but I try to come not only from my faith when I present the argument for it, but also that our Constitution says that we are afforded uh, due process, that we shall not be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of the law. And to me, that is an innocent life that has not been given due process, therefore has no reason to be terminated. Yeah, what a great, I love the way you... You put that and look at that. So, you know, and that's one thing I believe uh, that, you know, needs to be looked at in our nation. But then let's kind of like move us along with kind of some general things. And why should a Christian be involved in the government? That's a great question. And uh, how many of you in here, if you'll raise your hands, how many of you in here have read in the U.S. Constitution that there is a separation of church and state? How many of you have read in the U.S. Constitution that there is a separation of church and state? <laughs> it's not in there. And in fact, uh, it, was, it was never meant to be what it is today. In fact, when you read the Constitution, it says Congress shall establish no laws concerning the establishment of religion. And if you go back to the founding of this country and the men who founded this country and the women who founded this country, they estimate there was about 147 known Christians that were involved in the founding of this country as founding fathers. Sometimes we only think of five or six, but we have proof that 147 of them were involved. And if I can real quick, I want to read just a couple of things from the 1780 Constitution of Massachusetts. Now, today, Massachusetts, you would say, is very heavily involved in the separation of church and state. But if you read the 1780 Constitution for the state of Massachusetts, it says in the preamble, we therefore, the people of Massachusetts, acknowledging with grateful hearts the goodness of the great legislator of the universe and affording us in the course of his providence an opportunity deliberately and peaceably without fraud, violence, or surprise of entering into an original, explicit, and solemn compact with each other and forming a new constitution of civil government for ourselves and posterity, and devoutly imploring his direction, and so interesting a design, do agree upon, ordain, and establish the following declaration of rights and frame of government as the constitution of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. And then it goes on to say, in other areas, that this is about raising money for the state of Massachusetts and the cities there, and all monies paid by the subject to the support of public worship and of public teachers aforesaid shall, if require it, be uniformly applied to the support of public teacher or teachers of his own religious sect or denomination, provided there be any on whose instructions he attends 
Otherwise, it may be paid towards the support of the teacher or teachers of the parish or precinct in which the said monies are raised. And every denomination of Christians, demeaning themselves peaceably and as good subjects of the commonwealth, shall be equally under the protection of the law, and no subordination of any sect or denomination to another shall ever be established by law. And if I can, just one more. When, when a public official in Massachusetts, governor, lieutenant governor, or anyone with, with uh, executive power in the state uh, was sworn in, they had to swear an oath affirming to the Christian faith. And in the exec chapter two, executive power, uh, it says in article two, the governor shall be chosen annually and no person shall be eligible to this office unless at the time of his election, he shall have been an inhabitant of this commonwealth for seven years next proceeding. And unless he shall at the same time be seized in his own right of a freehold within the commonwealth of the value of 1,000 pounds, and unless he shall declare himself to be of the Christian religion. Wow. So many people in this nation are not understanding that this nation was founded by Christians. This nation is a Christian nation. And we used to be much more heavily and prominently involved in our guiding as a state and as a nation. And so what people will take as the separation of church and state was actually a letter written by Thomas Jefferson to the Danbury Baptists. And it was never meant to be a, doc, a letter that was defining government in the Christian faith. And you can go back to other constitutions in the Massachusetts Constitution and read that they, they were very much Christians and very much involved in government. So that was good, but tell me what makes, in, we're talking 2021, why should we be involved as Christians? Well, we're charged as Christians to spread the gospel. We're charged to live in that, in that same way that Christ calls us to live. Now, we all fall short, but we live in a nation that is severely deprived of goodness. And it's, you know, Ronald Reagan gave a speech, A Time for Choosing. There's good in this world and there's evil in this world. And you have a choice. Are you going to promote and follow good or are you going to let it slip to evil? So I believe as Christians, we need to be a light. We need to be a microphone for God. And we need to be out there making sure that this nation remains a Christian nation and that we can spread that word throughout the world. Good. So as we look at this and, and think about it, me as a Christian, is it okay for me to get involved in running for a political office? I would not go so far as to give you permission, Pastor Pat, but for the congregation, if any of you want to run for public office, please step forward because we need good people. I'm excluded from that, huh? I wouldn't say excluded, but we need you here. There's a, better, there's a higher calling at Calvary. Because, I mean, you, you hear a lot, and, you know, as sometimes as, as Christians... And let's kind of get down to the nitty-gritty. As Christians, we look at things and, and, you know, there's this mindset of politics equals corruption. And 
it's kind of in our mind. Politics is dirty, politics is nasty. We get all that, and that's why I'm wanting to talk more about government than use that term, but we gotta live with it. So, politics is dirty. How does a believer get involved in politics, which I think we should, but how do we do that and not get the dirt on us? Well, there is no way to avoid getting the dirt on us. Okay. When you, when you go out and you enter into the world and you're fighting against evil, you're going to get the dirt on you. And that's why I love coming here and listening to the message. And just a month or two ago, we talked about putting on the full armor of God. Mm-hmm. So uh, when we need that rule and that guide, we have the Bible there to rely on. We can fall back on that and see what it takes to stay true. And whether you, you, know, you go through the Bible, you can see so many instances of where God protected his people. And it started with Abraham. You know, Abraham was told to go out into a land he didn't know and just go by faith and trust God and be as God told him to be. So the very first story, I mean, of, of that is a, a journey into an unknown place. And we're called to, um, we're called to be everywhere and I and I, I listen to your messages and I've been to Washington DC I've been there um, last election I was fortunate enough to win the nomination so I've I've been involved in it and I've been to DC and it is corrupt it is dirty but it's corrupt and it's dirty because we are no longer there we are no longer present as a Christian faith in the government and in politics and I can tell you that when I go out I get asked three questions all the time Three questions, no matter, doesn't fail. And always one of them is, what are you going to do for me? Well, what do you want me to do for you? Do you want me to come into your church and teach you how to be? Do you want me to tell you what your children should learn, what time you should go to bed? Do you want a politician to do all that for you? Because we are a unique nation that we, the people, are in charge of our government. But it's on us. There's, no, there's only one savior, and I'm not it. And I'm not going to go up there and fix every problem that you have, and neither is any other politician. But you can go out there, and you can make the world a better place. I mean, how many, how many people did Jesus charge to go out and spread the Christian message? So it doesn't, take, it doesn't take every single Christian in the world. We can go out, and we can change things. We can make things better. But it is very dirty, and we need more Christians involved. So thinking about, now talking about that, the dirty, okay? So let's talk about most, most of the times when, we have, when I'm interviewing missionaries, we're talking about overseas, cross-cultural, those kind of things. I look at getting involved in what you're getting involved in as cross-cultural. You're going into a culture that's different, that's difficult, that you've got hard-hearted people, You've got difficult people to deal with. And so looking at it from that way, I'm, you know, obviously coming at it as a believer. How do you navigate that? Well, my faith isn't shaken by that. I can tell you that whether I get elected or I don't, it's not going to hurt my feelings. I'm not going to be upset about that because ultimately I do know God is in control. But I make sure that I do my part and that I get out there and I meet God where he decides to use me. And if I can be a tool in that toolbox, then I'm glad to. And I can tell you that from the time I decided to leave my job on Fort Huachuca, I knew absolutely no one politically here. I couldn't tell you the name of one person at the Cochise 
county office down here. I won't get into parties, but I, I didn't know one person. And now I went from not knowing anyone to doing very well, to winning a nomination, to receiving 171,000 votes. And every time I've needed something, God has been there. Mm -hmm. the, next, the next piece has been put in front of me. And I've had the opportunity to testify in front of hundreds of people. I tell my story about when God saved my daughter when she was two years old and sick and TMC and intubated. I get the opportunity to go out there and change people, I think. Through, you know, I'm not doing it, he's doing it, but I get to go out and testify. And I would like to have two people stand up if I can. Kale and Joanne Kiabu, if you stand up, please. These are good Christian people that I met. They were some of the first people I met when I stepped into the local office here in Cochise County. They both approached me. Thank you for standing up. They both, <laughs> they both approached me and they asked me what I knew about government. And it was first Joanne, she was sitting at the desk and then she calls Kale, her husband, and says, Kale, you need to come down here. There's a guy running for office that you need to meet. He comes in, the first thing he says is, what is the stated purpose of government? It's to protect life, liberty, and property. It exists for no other reason, not to run our lives. We are the overseers of the government, and we need to return to that. And as Christians, I believe we're best suited to carry this nation into the future. Okay, so now... How important is your faith in what you're doing? And yeah, I think you've already said that, but... Well, my faith is, is the most important thing I have. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I've always, as I told you at the German Cafe, I've always been raised in a Christian household. Back in Indiana, uh, my mother, we went to, I went to three different churches, Vernon Baptist, First Christian, and Hayden Methodist. Uh, I've been in churches all my life. And it wasn't until my daughter got sick that I really committed to being a Christian. I, I promised God, I prayed, and I know how you feel about making deals with God, um, but I, I prayed and I said, God, please save my daughter. I, you know, and, I, and I did what I did, and I'll never forget it. Uh, she was intubated for almost two weeks, and right across the hall, this young girl, this young kid was brought in with her young mother, and I remember um, I remember that, that kid passing away there in the mm. pediatric ICU. Um, and the young mother, I'll never forget those screams. Um, and then there's a priest reading the last rites. And I just prayed. And ever since then, I said, God, my daughter will know you. And she does. And she, you know, she learns over in the, in the next building. So I'm blessed and my faith carries me. Okay, so as you, as you talk about that, are you, are you able to share your faith in the midst of, quote, campaigning? You're, you haven't been in an office yet. Right. But as you're dipping your toes in with the, the, the political agenda, are you able to share your faith, to live your faith, to be that example? I always share that story. I mean, that's, I've, I've told that story. I, I've been able to testify uh, as to how great our God is, and I, I'll never hide from that. And I believe that it guides me through my political uh, career as, as, as well as the rest of my life, as, as a husband, as a father, uh, as a citizen. And like you and everyone here, we all fall short, and every day I pray that I get better, 
and try to correct those things that, that I do wrong. But, um, you know, I know that even though I am imperfect, my faith and my God will get me through it. So in that, you feel, a, you feel a strong calling from God for what you're getting involved in. I absolutely do. Had I not, had I not found that, and I prayed on it, had I not found that confirmation, which I believe came from God, I, I wouldn't be as successful as I am. And it's not, it's not me. Like I said, I go out there halfway, and I know that God puts everything else in my path. Now I'm going to ask you a question that you kind of brought up the other day that I think is fun. Does God want you to win? <laughs> so far, the answer is no. <laughs> but um, that's, that's, an interesting, that's an interesting question because I will go to um, political meetings and candidates will get up and they will, almost all of them, they'll, they'll say, I'm a Christian and we are going to win because God is on our side. I've never said that. Um, I don't want to be a hypocrite and I don't want to speak for God. But I will say that if it's God's plan for me to win, I'll be there and I'll be willing to take that. But um, not so far. If it's his plan for you to lose, how do you handle that? Well, I'll continue to sit in the front row and listen to Pastor Pat every Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I think it's good that you have that attitude because you know that God's called you you, you're not sure of all the reasons why. Obviously, he does something in your life and does something through you to others as you're walking. So I guess what I'm trying to get at is you feel you're being obedient in, where you're, in what you're doing. Absolutely, yes. And that's, see, I think that's a difficult thing for some people to get their heads around. How could anybody get involved in politics in the 21st century and feel that God is guiding them much less that they're being obedient to God. So in that, I think, you, you know, I don't know if you struggle with that. I don't know if it's a difficult thing because I always like to talk to missionaries about their struggles. Does that, is that a struggle for you? Well, I, I definitely have struggles. Um, I mm-hmm. do. And, uh, you know, I, I do everything. I've always been competitive, so I do everything to win. I don't engage in something if I don't believe that there's a pathway to victory. But um, I, I do believe that it is a struggle. And as you've just told us in, in learning in the uh, letters that Paul wrote, we're going to have struggles. You're, as a Christian, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to have struggles. And, you know, that's part of, part of our calling. It, it's, a, it's a debt that we have and that, you know, we'll suffer. But um, whether I get elected or not is irrelevant. I've met so many great quality people. And just the opportunity to be here, speak with you, and share these things I hope it makes a difference, and I hope that just tonight some of you are inspired to go out and and carry that torch as well. And that's my main objective in doing this is for people to see you, maybe even some of the younger people over here looking at you saying, oh, it's okay if I get involved in that. Because I think it's, again, it's looked at as evil and I shouldn't be part of it, and it's okay to get involved. It's when you, I remember you teaching about the love of money. Money is okay. It's okay to have money, to spend money, to save money. It's not okay to fall in love and lose yourself to money. And I'll say the same thing with politics. It's okay to get involved in politics. It's okay to be out there, but it's not okay to fall in love with it, to fall in love with the power and everything that comes with it and be changed by it. So how do you guard against that? 
I pray a lot. <laughs> but I, I surround myself with good people. I, I surround mm -hmm. myself with the best people. And, uh, you know, even Steve back here, you know, I, I met Steve through politics. And um, it's just, I met so many quality people. And I know that when things are tough, when things get hard, uh, I have a great group of people around me that believe in God and that God is with us. In that sense, I'm not scared at all. And in that sense, and again, in saying that, it doesn't mean that you're necessarily on a path to victory because God is with you. Thanks for the reminder, but <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I'm the not, we're not necessarily on a path to victory. So for the third time. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Must be a... payback for Rob and, Pat and, and Jack. <laughs> so this is, this is a ball. So... so uh, let's talk a little bit more about the whole idea of separation of church and state. And I think, again, I think it goes more with believers not wanting anything to do with the state. And I believe that's why we're losing the battle. It's because we're not, they're, you know, godly men and women are not getting involved in government. I'm going to use the word government instead of politics, because, but we're not stepping out and doing that. And one of my purposes in doing this tonight is for people to see, here's a godly man who wants to serve the Lord, wants to walk with the Lord, and feels called in that direction. Not all of us are. Like I said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch politics or government with a 10-foot pole because of what my dad went through. But there are, there, I want to encourage people, you can get involved, and you can stay a Christian, and you can walk your faith, and you can do those things. That's... You can, and... I not to get too down, but you can look around the world and see what happens when Christians are not involved. When we're, when we're dealing with countries that are not the United States of America, where we can worship freely and promote our faith, you look at China right now and Christians are being killed in China. You look at places in the Middle East, Christians are being killed there for their religion. And it's, it just happened, I'm an, I'm an Afghan war vet and when the Taliban retook Afghanistan, they started going through and hunting down Christian churches and killing those Christians there. So when we are not present, there is, there is a gap, there is a void that will be filled by something. And if it's not filled by good, it can only be filled by evil. So we have to get out there and we have to promote this because we are that light. We are that city on the hill that everyone in the world looks to. When you see that American flag, no matter where you're at, you know that that's good. And we're losing it. We're losing it day by day. People are losing faith because we as Christians have stepped back and are not out in the forefront. Right. So would you encourage young people to get some political science degree and something and start getting involved? I would encourage everyone to get involved, not just the young people, but the old people as well. And then know what your responsibility as an overseer of this government is. You know, as a politician, you know, you should be looking at every politician saying, what is it that your job entails? Who are you? I mean, if you went to Home Depot today and applied for a job, that manager that's interviewing you should know every aspect of that job. Because otherwise, how are they going to know if you're qualified to fill the position? We have to know that as the people who are in charge of the government. Just because a 224-year-old document, it's not exact, but however old that document is now, 
just because that document says we the people are in charge doesn't mean that it's going to stay that way. You, if you're the boss, you have to do the job of the boss and make sure that your elected officials are doing what they're supposed to do. And let's kind of talk about the, the thing that a lot of us armchair politicians like to complain about that everybody in Washington's corrupt. Why even try? Well, that's a good question. And Washington is corrupt. And I won't say everyone in Washington is corrupt, but it, as, as a whole, as a city, it is corrupt. Um, but you look at our Christian faith, the evil, the evil one is always after us. You've said that here many times. If it were so bleak, why do we even try? We're called to try. There's a purpose for us here. And just like in spreading the gospel, if you don't, if you don't get involved, it, there's a definite outcome. But as long as we can, as long as you're capable, we should be out there fighting for this nation. It's the greatest nation to ever exist. And I do believe that it was protected by God and established by him. All right. So my question is, at the end of the last election, <laughs> my friend Brandon said, I'm not going to run again. A month ago, my friend Brandon called me and said, I'm thinking about it. Monday, was it Monday or Tuesday? It could have been Monday. Monday or Tuesday you announced? Yes, I announced on, well, I officially uh, put in my paperwork on Monday, yes. So now you went from I'm not going to run again, it was, and, and you just said it took a lot out of you. And then you slowly migrated to I'm going to run again. How much was that the hand of God and God speaking to you about running, and how much of it is, I just want to fix things? I can tell you that the part, the, your friend Brandon who said, I'm not going to run again, was me being selfish. That was me, after that, not taking the time to pray and reflect and meditate, and that was me just not understanding how the election ended up the way it did. I don't want to get into, you yeah. know, into the details, but I, like I said earlier, I always, if I do something, I believe that there's a pathway to victory. And when I looked at the results of the last election, I just initially, I couldn't see a pathway to victory. And things have changed. Uh, the person who I ran against will not be in that seat next year. So part of that is alleviated. Um, but I, I really, I do pray about everything. I mean, everything I, I do, I pray about. And I ask God that, you know, let me do your will. Put me on the path and I'll walk it the best I can. Um, and so things just kept leading me back here. And I'm incredibly blessed. Uh, you know, I have an amazing family. I have an amazing church family. And whatever, at the end of the day, whether I win or lose, I know that God's there. And that's the important part. So uh, I am committed. I do believe there is a pathway to victory. And um, unfortunately, for some of you who have seen me here before, I had to cut off my, my locks. <laughs> they were so amazing. But um, I'm, I just, I get to live vicariously through Pastor Rob now. And, uh, but no, it's, it's time because we can't retreat. Even though our feelings get hurt, even though things don't turn out the way we hope they do, you have to keep 
moving forward. You have to keep pressing forward and meet the enemy where they are uh, because if we don't, who will? And I kind of look at that, you know, as we talk to missionaries that struggle out on a mission field there. You know, some, some people I know have been in places years, no converts. So, you know, it's kind of the same thing. You don't quit just because you maybe don't see success. You don't know what God's doing in the background and what God's doing in lives of people you come in contact with or your own life. So I guess that would be, you know, what I would look at for you is, is God, you know, God's still in this. And I would just say, if he shuts a door, don't look for a window. You know, thanks. <laughs> um, anyway, um, <laughs> I have a joke, but uh, I'm not applying to be a comedian. Um, it, I just was reminded of another lesson that you taught in here. And uh, after Jesus was crucified and he died, uh, there were two individuals walking uh, back home from Jerusalem. And they're walking down the path, and all of a sudden, God comes up to them and starts engaging with them. And they didn't know, they couldn't see that it was God. And then he started opening their eyes. He started saying, okay, I'm going to teach you who I am by going through the entire Bible. And I'm going to give you the best Bible study you've ever had. And I can now see that, you know, sometimes we are blind. I was blind. I, I was upset. Things didn't turn out the way I thought. I was like, I was, how could this have happened? Just like those two individuals, in a sense, they're, how could this have happened? It goes, but they didn't listen. They didn't listen to the lessons that were taught. And then they had to be brought back and put on the correct path. And, and so, uh, you know, it's, it's a lesson in faith. I think everything is. Sure. Life is not fair. And uh, you just, you got you to gotta come back. And sometimes we fall, but you got to come back. Someone had shared with me a long time ago when I first went into ministry. And I always try and share with people who are going into any kind of, any kind of serving the Lord is never be afraid of in the dark what God has shown you in the light. And, you know, that would be my encouragement to you. If, when it gets difficult and people are saying nasty things and you're having to deal with that, don't be afraid in the dark what he's showing you, you know, today in the light. And uh, I want to thank you for being obedient to God and following him. And I want to thank you for letting us be involved in what you're doing, just even getting to know you and praying. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I hope that something that I've said here today, that God can work through me and has reached somebody. Um, otherwise, it has been a fun conversation. <laughs> we always have fun. We do. We do. So thank you very much and praying for you. And, and when we get ready to leave here, I'm going to pray for you. But thank you for, for just being transparent and being open and just talking about your faith. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, don't run off. Don't run off. I'm going to pray for you. You understand here? Huh? Yeah, understand. yeah. So, so, hey, let's all stand up. We'll pray. I'm going to pray for Brandon, and uh, then we'll do some worship and get out of here. Father, we do lift up our brother, and Lord, thank you for taking a person and putting that calling on his life, having him get involved in something that almost all of us are, don't want anything to do with. And I pray, God, I pray you would guide him, direct him. And most of all, Lord, I pray Brandon learns what you want him to learn. 
And I pray that Brandon is, is a light where you want him to shine and that he would be bright for you. And Lord, all the other stuff that comes along, I look at all that as just kind of the, the, the cherry on top. Use him to represent you well and to glorify you and to honor you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>